Discover the Dakota Lithium difference. Dakota Lithium is the leading manufacturer in lithium iron phosphate batteries for boating, RVs, golf carts, and electronics, all backed up by our legendary 11-year warranty. Here at Dakota Lithium, we take pride in manufacturing batteries to help you go further, last longer, and play harder. From the woods to the water, our goal is to help you live a life without limits, no matter where your passions may take you. Join the lithium revolution now. Use the code WAYPOINT3 for 10% off your next purchase at dakotalithium.com. Next Saturday, Christmas comes early. Welcome to this incredible scene. Bills. To the end zone. Chargers. It's a touchdown. An exclusive NFL game. This is fantastic. Live in primetime. Wow. Only on Peacock. With a Christmas gift to their fans. They're having some fun now. Bills versus Chargers. Next Saturday, 730 Eastern. Exclusively on Peacock. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another glorious episode. Another live episode of the Aggressively Average Angler podcast slash live stream. We appreciate you having you here, uh, and we're excited. We're Today, we are sans Jeff. We're sans Jeffrey, even though it looks like he's here, because like visually, if you were watching, you would assume that Jeff was here with a little extra beard growth. But it's not Jeff. It's Debo from Debo's Fishing. Uh, and, and Jeff is actually on, I, we're going to call it vacation. He's not going to be working. Uh, so he's on vacation with his fam. And uh, so we brought in uh, the upgraded version of Jeff. We have Debo on. Debo, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Hopefully I can live up to the uh, the hype that is Burley. Um, like I said, I'm the fatter, older version. So we're going with that. We're going to go with older, wiser. How about that? We'll just stay with older, <laughs> okay, wiser. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> and it will, I mean, I, I could jab Jeff and I said it wouldn't take much, but we do love Jeff. Uh, even though he's not with us, so that's why we got the upgrade here tonight. Um, we will, we may get graced by Rand Dizzle. Uh, we may not. We'll give him like 15 minute grace period. And if he doesn't make it, we're just gonna assume that he's hiding in chat, and you guys can all bash him. But if he doesn't make it, we will power through the show. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, I uh, just want to say if you haven't already, go check us out on. YouTube, if you're not watching us live on YouTube, we got the Instagram, we got the the old TikTok. Go check us out there. Uh, and then we want to shout out some of our partners. We've got Monster Bass, uh, who is helping support the show. We've got uh, Busby and Mule Fishing, some of our all-time favorites. Uh, so please go check them out and check out the links below if you have not already. And I do want to shout out, in partnership with Monster Bass, we are still working on the ultralight rod. We just had a phone call with the designer. I've got a little mathematical work to do uh, before we give like the final details over to the rod manufacturer we're still working on color but really excited for uh working through that and we're really hoping fingers uh and toes crossed that we get that out by like the end of spring that's kind of like would be really awesome i would love personally to be wet waiting with that rod that's like one of my favorite things to do hands down all time uh and we certainly would love to see you guys using those too so just a quick update there um so today we're going to be talking probably mostly bait casters but reels in general we're going to talk about how to purchase what you should be looking for, how to parse through all the details that you're all reading and you just like get it confused. Like what is super tune versus regular tune? What is the pro version versus like which speed do I need to have? What's 8.1 to one and all that. We're going to go through all that stuff. We're going to get nerdy with it. So if you're in chat, uh, bombard us with questions. I will do my best to keep up, but but keep up with the questions and we're just going to dig into it. But as always, we will kick it off with 
Oh, oh, and I have to also say, we have our Shopify store open. So the teas are up there. Uh, the decals are up there and you can go buy them wherever you want. They do ship to Canada. We discovered, we figured it out on oh. the members only live. We figured out that is a huge one. We know we love y'all in Canada. We did figure it out actually on the fly. Someone was like, hey, we can't ship to Canada. What's the problem? We got on uh, during the show and fixed it mid show. So it is there for y'all. You can get a, an aggressively average English shirt. You can get the flip around and find out or the Ned Rig nerd shirt as of today. And there's another one. In the works. I'm just going to say it's a longer hunt spider shirt. So get ready. It is hilarious. Debo's already shaking his head. All right. Cue the D. Question of the day is. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I forgot. I've got to go. So <laughs> this was. Oh, no. My power. <laughs> <laughs> um, Debo, question for you. As a, okay. as a youngin, were you a Legos, a Connects kid or a Legos kid? Or like a neither, because there's really only like three categories that you can fall into as a babe, as a child. Which one were you? I was a Lego kid for sure, through and yes. through. Loved Lego. So I have to ask, were you the type of kid with Legos where you like kept the sets like made and once you made them once, they stay made forever? Or did you make them once and then throw them into a big bin with all the other sets, mix them up and then have like the smorgasbord set? Yeah, they they tried to stay together for as long as I could, but they usually ended up in a large bin within a week. <laughs> yeah, we had the large bin, and my youngest brother's job was always to find the knight sword because it was the coolest piece. But it was yeah, also the, the helmet. Like, yeah, with like dude, I with, love the helmet with the little little yeah, feathery the thing. thing? Oh, yeah, so rad. But they were like the two smallest pieces in the whole box. And it was like, all right, we'll, we'll build. You hunt for that needle in this haystack. And the set is not completed until you find that sword. But we probably had $2,000 worth of Legos in a bucket. And that was like our main form of entertainment during the wintertime. Like when you had to be indoors, like that was it. And we were not connects people. We had no connects. I would go over to like, the smart kids' house. The smart kids all had like a whole freaking like gigantic Ferris wheel of connects, and I'd be like, I don't know how you did that. Would you yeah, like to build to a swamp out of like those? What was the other one? Uh, it was like erector sets. Remember those erector? There was erector sets, but then there was also what were the? They came a little bit after connects and Legos. Like it was a little bit later. Bionics was that what it was called? Bionics, and they were like half Lego half connects and they made like robots that moved and there were launchers and they made vehicles hmm. sounds they fun, were no? they were they were really cool but again if you were not a connects kid like you could not make you could not like make your own car it was like way at least from my puny brain way too complex like no way <laughs> but we were we were lego people we were definitely lego people and i feel like artistic people lego people smart stem kids they were all in the connects and I have mad respect for connects kids. So we have some Lincoln logs kids in the house. I've already seen that. Hey, a I, couple my of grandparents times. had Lincoln logs. So I was always excited to play with those over there. I felt like you couldn't get like, we couldn't find them in the store. And so you're right. Like our grandparents had them for us when we went there. And that was like a top yeah. five way to play with at the grandparents house. Chaz, you would be a Connects person. Chaz is over here, like, you know, doing his wizardry on the computer. And shockingly enough, he was a Connects kid. <laughs> there you go. With his, <laughs> with his pinky out, he talked about how he used Connects. I like, use Connects. I built my first elevator out of only Connects. And the, like, in my home. I was a Midwest kid. I built my own grain elevator and <laughs> sail how we, barn. That's how we got corn out of the silo with my Connects. Yeah. I like it. I think it's awesome. But 
it was kind of one one or the other. Like you either had you had two routes, and there was like nothing else. Uh, and then the Lincoln Logs was like the backdrop to everything. All right, so let's get into let's get into the meat of the show. Um, first question, just like right off the top, like in general, this is like a very broad question. Like, what percentage of the time are you grabbing a bait caster versus like a spinning setup? Like for you, it's a personal thing, obviously, but just in general for you, like what's your like of all your setups? If you had ten in the boat. How many would be bait casters versus how many would be a spinning setups? I'd say it's probably an 80-20 for me. I think that's probably the same for me. And my spinning setups are really for drop shot, uh, Ned rig, that sort of thing, like finesse. I see you're making a face. All right. We'll just say finesse oh, in general. You just said drop shot and I just wanted to bark <laughs> in my mouth. So. At least I didn't say for flinging spiders. Um, oh yeah. So just finesse in general, I think. And then yeah. I do I do really I used to prefer for like Carolina rig, I used to prefer and I used to carry like a medium stick, but now I've converted, so now I pretty much always run those on a bait caster. So I think other than ultralight and like my medium light, even my medium setup like almost never gets used with a spinning setup anymore. Like everything runs through the bait caster. So I'm probably also 80-20, maybe at best. Especially in a kayak where I'm like limited to six, I probably have two spinning setups and then four or five bait casters. So maybe even more, maybe even more like eight, like, uh, you know, 85, 90%. Yeah. And I'm not against throwing it. Like if I get on a good finesse bite, I mean, I'll stick a spinning rod in my hand all day. But like to me, a bait caster is more comfortable to fish and is usually how I start fishing, you know, the power stuff, spinner bait, frog. And then if I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not really on. I'm going to try a Ned Rig. And if it works, hey, I'm not ashamed to throw a Ned Rig all day. I saw it on video. So I can say that I know that it's true. One of your recent bank fishing videos. I was proud of you. When you did it, I was like, hey, you know what? He got hung up a couple times, busted out the Ned Rig and fish on. And I was proud. I was like, man, well done. Didn't lose another one on that all day. EWG Ned Rigs to the rescue, man. I just posted a short where Jeff's, Jeff was like, I only use EWGs. And I was like, I was actually shocked because I am like 50-50. I used to, I kind of went that route, but now I don't. Now I'm probably, I'm more on like the open hook. But bank fishing, you can't really get away with it. You're going to lose it. Like it's a guarantee. Like you're, you're yeah, just, it's a lot it's easier than boat. Yeah, a thousand times out of 10. All right, so I have... I have a, there. We should we should set the categories right now. I preset some categories, but I feel like they're a little too general. So mm. my my next question was like, where like there are sort of like in the marketplace like preset like price ranges where you'll see like a big step up when you sort of break some certain price ranges. The first one to me is like a hundred dollars. There's like the eighty dollar to a hundred dollar range, and that encompasses a lot of brands and a lot of different like the cast kings the black maxes or max x's of the world like that sort of you know range and price range and then you hit the hundred dollars and all of a sudden you get like a there's a there's a, a whole other world that gets like opened up with aluminum or some type of like metal body would you like would you agree that's sort of like the first two or the first price break yeah off the top of my head i would probably say that the biggest bang for the book jump is up to that hundred dollar price point. So once you know, if you fish thirty, fifty dollar bait casters and you've had a bad experience, jumping up to that hundred dollar price point, I think is the first biggest jump where you're like, wow, this thing actually feels good. Like you said, you're getting an aluminum frame. Most of them at a hundred bucks, you've got 
um, uh, upgraded brake system. You know, a lot of them, it might just be a, you know, a simple magnetic one, but it's like they're a good, reliable version. Oftentimes on the, the less expensive ones, they're kind of shoddy. Maybe the brakes aren't as good, you know, they're questionable, but I would say that's yeah probably the biggest jump for people just getting into bait casters. And I would even, I'd be honestly, I think, you know, maybe <laughs> after your first one or two setups, I think if you're spending under a hundred dollars, I think you might be selling yourself short with some very few exceptions. I do think like if you had like a whole setup of like Abu Garcia Max X at like, you know, th- I think that's probably you'd be okay. But I do think that like once you've crossed the Rubicon of a hundred dollars, I feel like it's really hard to go back. Yeah, I'll, I'll use the analogy later, probably once we get into some of the more expensive stuff. But I, I think it's a very easy analogy once you think about it compared to something that most of us use every day. So I'll touch on that more because that's kind of the thing I always jump back to. But So what's the next, where do you think like the next line is? Because I put it at like 175 or 150 bucks. Like once you hit like 150, really 175, it's like, whoa, hey, like I always think of like the, the tournament MP. It's like 150 to 175 right around there. And that versus like the hundred dollar reel, like if you stuck with the lose, like if you had the LFS at a hundred bucks, big upgrade from a lot of their other sub hundred dollar models. And then you get into like the tournament MP, and it's like these are this is I like this way more. Um, and there's a, and it's like feature packed usually. Yeah, I would say I mean if you look at most of the brands, once you start hitting like the one fifty to one eighty, like as a regular like bank angler or you know hobby fisherman. I don't think there's any reason to spend anything more than that and be like, you can fish anything with that type of stuff. You're getting to like the Tatula 100, 150, yeah. 200 line. That's like 170. You've got Corrado's at like what? 180. You've got, um, let's see, lose, lose is a little bit different because it seems like most of theirs it like hovers at the $200 price point where you start to find like the BB, the, Super duty, like all those, like sort custom, of custom. Yeah, the custom light. The, the yeah, there's a whole bunch that sit at that like two hundred dollar price point. So they're kind of strange, oh, but they're also really confusing because you've got a lot of reels. I feel like in between, like they've got a ton of different reels, and I like loose, <laughs> but there's a bunch like in between that just don't like make any sense. Like the mock um, crush, like the black and orange one. It's like a hundred and seventy dollar reel with a graphite frame. Like why is that reel one. that price? It's got wind grips, no like it's got the color. They made a spinning version, and I totally agree. Jeff got Jeff got. I feel like it was the bait casting setup, I, maybe. And I remember being like, "This doesn't make sense." Especially, um, what's the mox the mox smash like the cheaper version, right? I use that for like a full season on like their combo. So like the rod and the reel, because it's mm-hmm. it was at the time it was one of the few. It was when it came out like COVID, right? And there was not a lot available, but you could go to Bass Pro and they would have a hundred of those on the racks. And I was like, well, there's gonna be a lot of people buying this. So I'll try it out. So I tried it for like a good six months straight and was like, I'll use this as a good comparison point for like a graphite body, like frame versus like a sim, like an, like it was the Shimano SLX, right? The kind of entry level, what Hagani, however you say it, frame, the metal frame. And was like, let's, I'll just look at it. And I, I, I like have, almost nightmarish memories of catching really good fish, like kind of when it mattered 
and feeling that twist and thinking like, oh, the cap's not screwed down all the way. Like this is loose. And then being like, is no, the cap's not gonna pop off. Yeah. This whole thing is just literally turning in my hand and being like, this is not yep. for me. This is not for me. I get it. And it's a good price point and it, it, it casts pretty well and everything. I never had any problems with it. Um, but after feeling that a couple of times, I was like, yeah, this is not for me. This is tough to deal with. Totally agree. So then we'll call it like, we'll say like 175, 180. Like that's maybe the next line. And this is once we get past 200, we're like outside of my range of experience. Like I don't, I, especially because most of what we do is like reviews for people. I really mm-hmm. haven't gone much past the $200 mark. So I would rely on you to say like, what, what comes after that? Cause like the, the like curado i think comes to mind when i think of all the different versions right that's they're all in like the 200 dollars range um like i mean i guess the whole shimano line you've got tranks and all the other ones that are out there uh and a lot of daiwas that are up there too so what are your what are your thoughts on like okay after what comes what's like the next benchmark price where you're like if i spend this much roughly i'm thinking like there is something here for me and it's and it's kind of worth it I think it can kind of be a crapshoot. I would say it's probably up to like 250 is an, is the next benchmark, I would say. A ton of things under 250. And then over that, it's like, it's kind of a roll of the dice because then you start getting into, you know, the new Bantams, Metanium, Zillions, yes. um, you know, the crazy new Lou's. I don't even know the names of them, but they're like 500 bucks. Oh my, I saw the one, that, the, the one that just came <clears> out. <throat> I thought it was the new, is it the new tournament pro? Oh crap what was it i ju- i like literally the new lose i just saw and i was like kind of shocked when i saw the price tag the custom the custom light um ss 300 it's like, how much 300 299.95 is that the shallow um, school one i think so it's the 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 smaller the smaller deal yeah um lose custom light 300 bucks and then they've got a new uh, elite ti the slp series yep. so it has like the straight wind wind grip i think which mm-hmm. is different for them that's like the ti grip or whatever and then it's orange uh red orange or red and gray instead of the purple um but i was like i think that was 500 bucks and yeah, yeah expensive. i'll be honest i don't think of losing like the 500 hundred dollar conversation but that's I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not giving them credit where credit's due. I'm not saying they can't make one. It's just that's not how I've I've thought of them. So it's probably good that they're going that route because people. I mean, with the Steez, right? People are proving like I will pay. I will pay up for you know a really a really high quality. It used to be like it was always the what was the Shimano that's like super expensive. It was always like that one, and then nothing else that was in like the five six hundred dollar conversation. And now everyone. Yeah, Metanium. And now everyone's coming out with a, seems like a $500 over uh, Baycaster. Yeah, Daiwa's had expensive stuff for some time. Um, Shimano has too. Like a lot of it's been JDM. Like if you look at the, um, like Aldebarans and, you know, some of those can kind of get up there. Even some of the old ones now. Antares, that's like a $700. That's the the one that I've had in my mind. Yeah, the Antares for sure. And it's, it's probably good that you don't run into those that much when you are like new, because I would then look at my hundred dollar reel and be like, is this even good? When in reality, it's probably capturing 70% of, of the quality of a $500 reel or some like large percentage of that. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Like that's always the thing that I hear people comparing stuff and they never compare like 
I shouldn't say never. Very rarely do you, like when somebody jumps in and says, this sucks because of A, B, and C, it's like, I'm comparing this Corrado to this $70 reel. And it's like, well, that's a $100 price difference. Like that's, you know, that's like comparing a $2,000 used car to a brand new, you know, Corvette or whatever. Like it's two completely the different. diminishing returns is extreme, I think, with, with bait casters. Yeah. Like once you start getting into the higher price stuff, you're usually starting to pay for like weight extra bells and whistles and I, like this is the the comparison that i always give is like buying a bait caster and when people start talking about how much should i spend what's right or what's wrong like it completely is a parallel to buying a car buying a vehicle right like if i needed a vehicle i need it to get you know from a to b you can get the bare bones and it'll do it but the people say well no i want four-wheel drive i want leather seats i want you know a bigger engine because i don't i don't want to be out of horsepower in case i you know i, I decide to pull a bigger boat. I don't know if that'll or all these ifs, you know, things that they start adding on. It's exactly like a bait caster. Like, could you use a hundred dollar LFS for most 80% of things out there and be completely fine? Sure. But you know, if you have the money and you want something that's smoother, something that's smaller, something that's lighter, something that has wind grips, you know, you're going to pay for all that extra stuff. So it's so true. You're like uh, Honda Civics, right? People are driving those like the, the, the 1999 Honda Civics, like the most purchased car ever. Um, but like there's, you know, and I would be fine in a Honda Civic, right? But like, do I really like my truck? Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, or, for, or, yeah I mean, why not? Yeah, it's like, I, it's like an ego thing, I think, for a lot of people too. Like, oh, I would never be caught driving a Civic. You know, I would never be caught. And a lot of guys just like the high-end stuff, like... I don't, you know, I don't, I only get a fish, you know, three days a week. I want to use the best stuff I can afford. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And that's fine. There's no, there's no right way to do it. Other people say, if you spend any more than a hundred bucks, you're an idiot. That's right oh, for you yeah. too. You know, it's, it's whatever you want to do. So it's very true. And I guess though, the one that I should put the caveat on this, and that's a really good one. is like, it's your money, like buy whatever you want. Right. Like no shame. Yeah. If I could afford all thousand dollar reels like yeah i would do that like why like if that was like in my budget like yeah why not um it's just not right and so right, that's, what I was, that's what i'll ask people is like if you had five reels laying out and you could choose between a twenty dollar thirty dollar five hundred dollar eight hundred dollar and they're all free you can just only pick one which one are you gonna pick as long <laughs> as it not... feels comfortable and does what you want it to do 99 percent of people are gonna pick the most expensive one Let's not be right, silly, you know, so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have so. the Can I have the higher quality? Yeah, sure. Even if like, if especially, but you know, again, in your price range. So there are no wrong answers, I don't think, um, especially when it comes to your budget. But most people are on a budget, so that was like my next question was, okay, you've got you've got a, we'll say a, a higher qual a higher quality reel, 100, $170, $180. You're in that at the top of that price range. We haven't quite broken until like the two hundred dollar price range. You got a quality reel, but then you've got maybe a three hundred dollar reel right? You've got a, a, a the MGL or, or what have you, right? A, a nice, a very high quality, high-end reel in the $300 plus range. Do you think the average caster, right, of of crankbaits or spinnerbaits or whatever is going to be able to tell the difference in smoothness between yes. those two? You do? Yes. Yeah, castability is definitely one of the things that goes up too. So yep. like the Zillion, for example, I'm, I'm a Zillion fanboy, but I mean, you can take a Metanium, a Bantam, you know, any of the real high-end stuff is yeah. and the castability is noticeably different, like compared to like a hundred dollar bait caster. Yep. You know, a lot of them be kind of whiny, you know, can may even be grindy depending on the reel, how it's sure. set up. 
like the fit and finish, like the tolerances are so much smaller once you get into the more expensive things that like there's just not all the wiggles and clanks and clicks and um yes, you definitely get a better cat. Now I'm not gonna say it's gonna cast farther, but I'm just saying the castability of like how good it feels and how um uh, what would be the word? I don't know. Gooder, how gooder it casts, I think is the right word. <laughs> well, I think smoothness, right? I think encompasses a lot of that because that's what I like in my brain. Like when I've when I'm casting a higher end reel, I'm like, okay, well, am I getting that like solid smoothness from this reel versus? I I always go back to the SLX. So uh, you were I watched I watched your video on the SLX A, which has like mm. slight redesign, right? I mean, yes, it's got yep. a different paint job but really it's got an extra bearing and it looks like you know a couple some more spacers right um but in so instead of like remachining the whole reel they basically created a way to like make it feel tighter right um the way it's put together and it's like okay if i'm there are some especially like cheaper reels like when we had the 50 dollar cast king like we bought like basically the cheapest one you could find and you could feel every single movement that you make on that reel you can feel it like moving around like it's got like a, a rattle to it whether it's whether it's the um the actual like handle jiggling or whether even when you're shaking it left and right you can hear the spool moving left to right inside of there it still reels pretty smoothly i mean it's on bearings like it's smooth but like it's got a clunkiness to it right and you can feel it and hear it all the time like no matter what you're doing but then you go up to the $100 mark, there's a lot less of that. When you go up to the $200 mark, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this thing's rock solid. It feels like a well-oiled machine. And to your point, so those tolerances, like how well are all these pieces fitting together? Um, mm -hmm. and, and you end up paying for that, for sure. I think yeah. finish too is like big. Cause like even like a, like a higher end reel, like just the actual finish on the reel is like totally different than when you grab like, when you grab that Pro TI, I think is a great example. That Pro TI feels like, a Lamborghini looks like a Lamborghini feels like a Lamborghini. What? Someone's here. Dizzle made it in. Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you. You're live, my friend. He can't hear us. Perfect. It's like being on a call at work. We're going to let him work <laughs> on that. It was seven central. <laughs> He's going to be cursing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think um, that like finish is a big one and you can definitely tell like on so, like again like i think in pro is a good example even just looking at it when you look at the, like the lineup you could tell like instantly which one of those is like super expensive that's what i've not used that's the black and purple one right it is yeah, yeah um that's one i've not used for now i've not gotten to use it but we messed around with it for quite a bit um at the uh two years i guess it was two oh god it's been two years um uh at icast um mm. we got our hands on like their whole their full lineup um we got them to we got them to give us a rundown which was actually super fun because like you were talking about earlier they have so many models and they're like well the ss is this one and the slp is this one and the lfs and they went through like sort of the terminology and like the different price points and all that and i was way too much to so memorize much. dude so much of that is just marketing stuff like it's it's pretty funny and i don't like dog on brands but all of them do it. Like all of them put every, fancy, every single one. <laughs> yeah, put fancy marketing terms, and you know they're just trying to sell a product like anybody else. But um, you know, it, it often makes me chuckle when they'll be like, instead of magnetic brakes, it could be like 
electro-sensitive control-stopping manipulation. I like, those do, are just magnetic brakes. So. Dude, I want to. So I want to go right to the box. Dizzle, can we? Can you hear? Can we hear you? Can you hear us? Yeah. Can do I sound okay? You're, dude, you sound crystal clear. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the show. And uh, for everyone who doesn't know Rand Dizzle, uh, I don't think there's a single person, but we've got Randy on here as well, which is the other half of the the Debo Live. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure. He it, showed up. Is it? He, he showed up on time like fishing times. So we said <laughs> seven central and he got here half hour late, just like fishing. You said seven central? Your text to me said 730. <laughs> no, no, you should probably check it. We got oh receipts. My. There are receipts. There let's see. Are let's see if I can we do can it without actually, showing. We can actually. Let's see if I can. You know, let's see if I can like do this without showing his number. Randy's smart enough, I think, to know that this can be proven in like thirty seconds. That I don't think that he would. Oh, I, that I did, whoa, 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 whoa! I did whoa. say seven thirty. Seven thirty. My my bad. Wait, you guys can't see it. My bad. You see? Randy? Yeah. We got I did say seven thirty. <laughs> Auto, so it was auto walking off, right? So you Walk actually, really, you were early. That, I was yeah, early. <laughs> Did I put the, the right assignment. time on my my story? I put the right time on my story. This is the huh. latest early that I've ever seen anybody. Well done. <laughs> Listen, I accept I accept responsibility where where fault is due. Randy, <laughs> I just want to say, all right. <laughs> you know what? You uh, are you forgiven. If you didn't have that awesome sweatshirt on Debo, I'd be pretty mad. But it's kind of redeeming a lot. I will let a lot go for the Rebel Pop R sweater. It's freaking awesome. If no one respects the Rebel Pop R, you can just get out the chat. I'm sorry, I'm willing to draw that line right now. Um, so let's get into let's get into the box because I feel like uh, if you're gonna buy an expensive item and like as an American in these days and these ages. Like you go through the list, like you look at the box or like the description right online and you're like, OK, like which one has the better thing? So you kind of go and you compare like weight, for example, or number of bearings or mag adjustment, internal, external retrieve speeds, which some people are comparing, even though they're not comparable drag. Right. And you go through all these things and you're like, this one has this. This one has this. OK, the this one's $50 more is $50 more worth it for two less ounces one more bearing and and five pounds more of drag right and you kind of do that calculus until you arrive at you know the you know your final destination so in order to debunk some of the stuff that's out there i want to the first thing i want to talk about is number of bearings because i feel like traditionally that's been the deal breaker for like a lot of people they'll try and a company will say well you have nine bearings nine plus one right uh, or or ten plus one or whatever it is, and you're like, well, that's two more than than this more expensive reel. What the heck? I'm getting the value for the extra two bearings or whatever. So, Debo, what what can you tell us about like the number of bearings that's written on the box? What does that actually mean? Well, it completely depends on the uh, gosh, what's the word? Quality of the bearings and bearing placement. So, a lot of bearings are no load bearings that could certainly be a bushing which is just a plastic ring. So instead of a, a metal bearing that spins, it's just a hard piece of plastic that sits there and whatever is moving is moving inside of the plastic instead of the bearing itself spinning with whatever's moving. So that's bearing, a bearing would be something that's got, you could see those little balls in there? 
So that's a bearing. That'd be like think of a skateboard wheel. This is what's around. This is what's making your skateboard wheel spin forever in all eternity. Um, versus a bushing, which is literally just a piece of plastic, a ring of plastic. Yep. yep. So it depends. There's different ratings for for bearings. Um, it depends on what kind, how they're put together. You know, is it what's the tolerance on it? Is it greased? Is it a hybrid ceramic? Like you've got like spool speed that yeah, like one don't even need. Boys. Yep. Um, and then when it comes to placement, things that are actually holding load, like on your level wine. So there's a speaking yeah. of the new SLX on the oh, the edge of your level wine that goes back and forth there. So that piece. And I sorry, my fingers are all dyed blue. Um, inside inside there there's a little plastic bushing that's holding this this worm gear but it's no load right there's not load on your actual worm gear maybe from the line pushing on it a little bit but it's you know not anything that's like your spool bearing that is holding that that's supporting the spool keeping it straight so yeah oftentimes the numbers are inflated but good bearings can usually be smoother than a bushing so it's kind of a give and take, but just because it says 12 bearings doesn't mean it's good. I feel like anytime they list more than 10, I feel like I'm getting played. Anytime I see like a $75 reel, it's like 10 plus bearings. I'm like, this is a joke. I can't trust this. Not worth it. I yeah. can't. I'm not even going to use this as a frame of reference. It's not possible. Now, I honestly, I stopped looking at bearings once I realized that some of the best reels that I happen to now own had our marketing like eight bearings or seven bearings or six bearings or whatever, like the six plus one. Yeah, I think the and SLX like, is like what three or four plus one is all right. Yeah, it's it's four a plus total. One. Yeah. And so I think when you get right down to it, like when you get down to like how it's put together, it's to Debo's points, like where what is the bit what is the quality of the bearing and then what is it at what is the bearing actually at being asked to do? And this is why we did that casking like spool speed upgrade or whatever. And when you go through and you find what the bearings are, are actually doing, and then you see where like, well, this obviously should have had a bearing in it. This is the part that spins a whole heck of a lot. And there's only a bushing on it. And this is like maybe one of the most critical spinning things. And you're like, well, that should have a bearing. And then you, you kind of go through it and you're like, okay, well, that's why this is a $50 reel for sure. But you once you take a, like explode one of those things, and you're not just looking at a diagram and you got a hundred parts, you know, out on your desk. And you start putting it back together and you like learn about how these things are made. All of a sudden you start having a little more better quality understanding of like, yeah, maybe, maybe 38 plus one is not always 38 plus one like bearings. That's just not all the same. Yeah. So I, I like, do have to ask, sorry, Devo, real quick, Paul. Go for it. How scary is that when you just explode a reel like that and take everything <laughs> apart? And it's like, not scary I don't when you're. It's not as scary when you're taking it apart as when you're putting it back and you realize that you've done something wrong and then you go fix everything and you're like, wait a minute, there's still four screws. What the? And then yeah. you, go, you take it all back apart and then you're like, man, I'm spinning it. It's spinning the wrong way. The, the, the I put the, you know, like, dude, I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm so glad I did that. But I felt like a four year old for two days straight messing around with it, like tinkering when I could. I learned so much in a, such a short period of time where I thought I knew about how bait casters worked and were put together versus after going through that experience, I like the minutia of like, how do these pins fit in? And why is this, right. why does this one have a pin versus this one have a spring versus this one's just like floating. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh my God, like I feel like I learned so much so fast. My main takeaway from that video was like, everyone should do that with uh, an old reel once just do it one time. You'll learn so much. 
I think what my problem is is I don't have that that, that soft touch that is needed sometimes. Um, I actually so had a mallet. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had a reel, and I was talking to Debo about it, and he's like, "Yeah, you just take one apart and try to do the same thing that you were talking about." And I get in there and I'm putting it back together. I think I'm like everything's golden. Cracked it. I tightened the screw way too much, <laughs> yeah. and it literally just broke. Yeah, all He-Man he tightening screws into graphite and just cracking frames on half. Oh, you know what one of my scariest things is? And this is just as somebody, like, I, I like to build things. I'm not, I'm not a motor person. Like, I don't have the, my brain's not built that way. But, like, I'm a builder person. I love to, like, construct, like, construction, wood construction things. Right. Uh, and one of my greatest fears is when I'm putting a screw in, and I, I'm screwing it, and I know that I've gone too far when it's just spinning inside of its uh, threads. And I'm like, this, I, I want to throw up because I know that screw is not doing what it's supposed to. It could fall at any point. And I can't right. actually get another screw to go in there without drilling into it, new threading, and getting a larger screw. I, that has me mad stressed because I've done <laughs> that making things before, like a table where I've been like, I just went too fast, stripped out the threads, and now it's just like a hole where a screw is just sitting. Uh, it stresses me out to the absolute like top max. And I've done that with a reel before, where I've been like, "Well, I, the whole the whole thing is now like suspect." It's gone. I had a Lego remover piece, okay, <laughs> and I actually had a drawer full of Lego remover pieces. You know the lever thing? I had a mm -hmm. drawer full of those for that Real exact when like the way. eight flat pieces and there's like a four flat on top of it, and you have no way for your fingers to get it. Yeah, I had a I had a remover. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, Dizzle. Were you a with my my cue of the D? The intro was: Were you a Lego kid or a Connects kid? Um. You know, honestly, I didn't play with a whole lot of either. Um, putting Legos together, putting connects together, my brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, it's like with the fishing reel, I need just a hammer, and I need to be able to, <laughs> you know, pound something in. More of a Lincoln Log guy, yeah. No, no, no. Dizzle was for sure the bully that waited for kids to build oh, stuff and just went there and kicked them over. Just sandcastle. Like, oh, is this your Death Star? Bam! Oh, is this your, <laughs> yeah. this, is this your cool pirate ship? <laughs> Bro, if you broke a pirate set, I'd legit, I don't care how much bigger you than me, we're, we're scrapping. <laughs> we're going, like, my favorite sets were the old Colonial War pirate sets. They were, nice. like, the most ultimate little set. Muskets. They had the little, shoulder, the little shoulder pad things on them. Yeah, and... You had the red coats. You had, like, yeah. the pirates. They had the triangle hats. They had cannons that shot, like, yeah. people's heads. It was no. They shot down. the regular barrel, barrel round. But you put people's heads in there, Peace. dude. It was the absolute best. I love. Oh my god! I loved everything about those sets. They they slapped so hard. They had like jungle scenes, and you would infiltrate the jungle. And they had like the caves, the hidden cave entrances on hinges. Oh my god! I will say so I did good. buy two like small like dip my toes in the water Lego. <laughs> I don't even know what they. <laughs> I I bought them. I brought them home, and I'm just like, well, those are sitting over there now. So <laughs> haven't ever gotten to them. It's like a bag of like loose Legos. <laughs> yeah, no instructions. <laughs> I'm like, this, what this is what you do. You just pour all the pieces into the box, take them out of each individual bags, and just <laughs> dump them in the box, right? And then it, you put oh it together. Or... Dude, that's hilarious. 
Well, we went off the rails, but I think that's technically we're on the rails because that was a rail of the show. So I think we're still I think we're still on it. Um, all right. So we talked bearings. I want to talk about weight because law of diminishing returns on bait casters, 150 bucks gets you a pretty lightweight reel. Sub 200 with something like the Hakai can get you super light, right? You're, I mean, this thing doesn't weigh anything. Um, but then you can get into, you can trim even more after that. How how important do you think weight is? And is that something that you like you should pay for, feel like you should pay for? I guess is my question. I mean, I'm going to have to say yes. I mean, there is a defiant line for me. Anything over that weight is just like too much. I'll actually notice it or I have noticed it more recently with my spinning combos where it's an older because I'm not a big spinning reel type of guy. I'm more of a bait caster trying to get more into spinning rods or combos. But anyway, like holding those older school, heavier, beefier spinning reels in your hand, not only is like the frame just super beefy i guess you could say yeah it's the whole thing is just heavier overall and not fishing hardly at all you're going to start to notice that and you're going to get fatigued and you know when i go out with debo or you know really anytime i go out fishing it's going to be hopefully knock on wood it's going to be hours that i'm out yeah. there fishing fingers you're crossed notice- you're looking at an eight hour day hopefully yeah exactly debo what are your thoughts so I don't look at weight as much as I look at feel as far as comfort, how it feels and balance. What are you laughing at? I do because you kind of stole my line there. I want to, I don't want to buy a fishing reel. I don't want to buy a fishing rod online because I haven't put it in my hand. I need to pick that sucker up and put it in my hand. That field needs to be there. And I can't get that feel by just looking at a picture, you know? True. Maybe. If you have feel a vision, dude, if you could make that Fila, like it. the old school Speaking shoe brand, when you look at this picture on our website, you can actually feel it. Feel a vision, subscribe to our OnlyFans. Um, so for me, OnlyFans for, for me, so we talk about weight. I just weighed this because I do have my thermal printer here. Take a drink. Um, I do have my thermal printer here and a, a little weighing scale for when you have to weigh your stuff and do all that. This is the old Corrado E. So this is like 2002 or three when this came out. Eight point, I think it was 8.6 or seven ounces when I just weighed it. So it's heavy, heavy for a reel nowadays. You're usually looking at like seven-ish ounces is like a really good like measuring. Yeah, measuring point for, yeah, like for most reels, like it's seven. Then you like, as you go up, like you said, it's kind of the law of diminishing returns. Like, yeah, you might get down to, you know, a five ounce reel, but is it worth $250 more? But so, like, for example, going back to this one, like, I really don't like the super tiny frames. I love this one. This is a 200 size. It's just a little bit bigger. I prefer this, like, when I'm casting and retrieving things. If I'm flipping and pitching a lot, then I kind of, I do like the small frame because I just feel like it's right there. Like, you can be really relaxed. Otherwise, like, I, I feel like I do this. I'm gripping really hard yeah. on larger reels. Because like I'm always ready, whereas the small ones you can just kind of sit there. But on cast and retrieve, I like this. And like, for example, this is like I said, O2, I think. So once you put it together, this is spinning. Uh, and it'll probably go like, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. But a large reel, um, as long as it balances on that reel and feels good in your hand, I think it's completely different than uh, than weight. So this is from O2. 
Just stop now. Unreal, dude. That is silly. So clean it up, put some good quality bearings in it, and just as good as the new stuff. It's funny you say that. So I have I have a bunch of these, right? This is the Hakai. I got a bunch of these. I like this reel a lot. I still this is a a fun one all around for me. I enjoy it. Um, That being said, this is still one. This is a loose. This is a tournament XP. So it's a weird Bass Pro version of the tournament model. I love this reel, but it is heavier than almost all my other reels, except for, you know, maybe it's it's one of the heaviest I have. This is still one of my favorites. This fits my hand really, really well. I enjoy, I like these grips. I like the fat, I like those fat grips. I don't know why I like them. And I pick this reel more times than not for just like general work because it feels rock solid and it's, it is heavy, but I kind of like that. And to your point to me, it's all about balance. So some rods, I don't put this on. Yes, there's some yep. rods I just don't put it on it. It feels awkward. Like anything that's like lighter, but a medium heavy or a heavy, I, I, I would grab this like 10 times out of 10. It feels great. Um, so I kind of agree with, I kind of agree with Randy, but I also would say like, you can't know what you're going to like or not like until you fish it. You, I think you got to go blind, like kind of a lot of times on reels. Cause I've gotten some where I'm like, like, man, I have a bunch now of the Komodo SS, which is a really expensive reel don't love that reel except for like in three two or three scenarios because it is too heavy it's freaking super heavy it's it's way overbuilt i only like it in two or three scenarios but in those two or three scenarios hell yes it's awesome like on a yeah it's one of the few it's one of the few you can get with aluminum side plates (laughs) both of them so not only the handle side plate but i believe maybe the other one's not but i know for sure it's got an aluminum handle side plate which is hard to find like you get into some of the diawas like the 150 and 200 definitely have that but you get into like the loose stuff and it used to be you had to get into the the pro ti which is like 300 and some bucks as far as a low profile just yep. to get that now i know they had like the heavy duty or super duty which was like super 200 duty. something yeah it has an aluminum handle side plate but yeah for the most part like all their reels all the way up you can't even find that you know where diawa you can get that at 100 well they used to be 150 probably 160 bucks you can get that in a Daiwa, you know so it's like what is what's important for you but that weight i love it on i have i have that i have a weird heavy stick it's like the their tournament concept rod but it's like one of my favorites because it's really small profile uh rod but it's super heavy it's a heavy rod but it's it casts really light lures and i i love having that komodo on there it feels just rock solid I feel like I can flip really light stuff in there. I can flip any worm and I just like it in hand because a lot of times with that heavier rod, if I'm setting, like I'm going, it's a home run set. And I yes. love feeling that just like that thing is never going to flex. I couldn't make it flex if I wanted to. doesn't matter yep. what line is on it or, or even if I'm just hook setting into like a ladder, it doesn't matter. Like I'm good. And I really like that, but I don't like that for all my combos. And I never would have bought that. If you put that reel in my hand, I'd be like, eh, not for me, not at that price. Having used it for like two years now, I'm like, yeah, I would use it for like these two or three applications over like a whole bunch of other reels. Um, same thing with the um, uh, the uh, the TWS, um, the Tatula. Like, it's a weird, it's got a weird grip. The front having the that flat part in front, like it's kind of a chunky grip for me. Now that I'm a, a year and a half, don't like Daiwa for that. Yeah, like my hand fits really well, it, but. A lot of people Dude, do not like that. It's like a top they, three. They have a gun. very distinctive, like. I wish I had it in here. Seen. I don't have it in here. 
I, I got squared you. in the front. Yeah, it's squared off in the front. It looks like it looks like a like kind of a like a rectangle almost. And it does like it it is really distinctive. It's unique. It doesn't look like anything else. And it has a weird feel in hand. But it is. There it says, is. Hey, let me just go grab yeah. 87 of them real quick. But the difference is pretty stark. Like that's a huge <laughs> difference between the front of those two of those two. Re- I'm pointing at the screen like everyone knows that I'm pointing at. <laughs> um, but there's a big difference. Uh, Debo's right hand, so my left. Yeah, huge, huge difference. Um, all right, how about internal versus external mag adjustment? Because everyone will say, uh, like, well, the external's better, right? It's a you're paying for it almost every time. Is it better? So are we talking internal versus external mag versus centrifugal? Yes. So I think I'm still in the camp of I think for beginners and people learning to use a bait caster, magnetic is way better. Now there's definitely hybrids like Daiwa's. Like I think they have the best brake system on the market for sure. The mag force brakes. Yep. Um but as far as like distance, I mean I would say probably centrifugal brakes are better in that regard because they're not on all the time. Thing with mag- magnetic brakes, if your spool is spinning, it's got some sort of magnetic control on your spool and it's slowing it down. Whereas centrifugal brakes, they're pushing out or pushing, you know, whichever way the brake is set up, it's pushing against that spool only if it's got enough inertia to keep that little brake paddle pushed out on it. At a certain point, those aren't even working anymore. They're not even touching it. And that's where you get that extra di- extra distance compared to magnetic 100% can you guys like get a banner that says nerd of the pod or something like that and put it up <laughs> around Debo's name and why not I know I mean but I don't know man because you um again it's one of those things where when you get one in hand and all of a sudden you cast the same lure on it you will notice a difference and especially if you're the one dialing it out of the box like, I feel like you learn more about a reel dialing out of the box than you will uh, until you've been using it for like a season. Like when you when you get it and the, the star drag is all the way off, the 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 all the adjustments are basically either 100 percent or zero. Right. And you start being like, OK, well, if it's like a it's an SLX, you put three brakes on, you leave three brakes off, you close it, try it out. Then you start messing around with it like that 13 fishing concept a two with the weird little dial that you kind of move on the inside. I learned more about that reel in the first hour I fished it than I did the, the the other year and a half that I fished it after the fact. Like I felt like I had a, I had something easy on. I had a, um, a lipless and I was like, well, this will be easy to get dialed, you know, half ounce lipless. I can cast it a billion miles. Let's see how it does. And all of a sudden, like after like an hour of like, Okay, let's do it at a two, a one, a six, an eight, and then like messing with all the in-betweens. I felt like I learned all I needed to know about that reel and the settings and how it worked like in the first hour. It's funny you actually brought up that that family of reels. I I went and <clears throat> I'm not proud to say I went and bought a reel. This was years and years and years ago. It was a uh concept C. Yeah. And I wasn't paying attention to anything, and I was like, oh, they got a left-hand retrieve. I fish left-handed retrieve and i'm like yes i want that one and this speed give it to me and they're like what kind of line you want on it i tell them i go through the whole thing and then they're like and here's the dollar amount and i'm like wait i can't turn my back now and be like (laughs) 
oh, I don't want that reel anymore. You put all this line on there and really talk me into this and that and this and whatever. So I'm like, okay, I just bit the bullet. And the craziest thing about it is this was newer or earlier on in my bait casting fishing career. I want to say I probably wasn't. Who knows? But I wasn't familiar with the type of breaking that they had. I, I was so going to say, I don't think it was, it, you weren't new to bait casters. You were new to centrifugal breaks. Sure. No, I'm being okay. serious. I'm no, just, no, all yeah. the other ones you had were abus, which are just external magnetic. You used all uh, those. Yep. So I, I had no idea, and it was set on zero, the zero break, and I couldn't fish it for to save my life. And I was like, In, I wasted internally. all this damn money. Yep. And yeah, now he didn't, I he didn't know there was something internal. Almost threw it in but, the lake. But it happens and to a lot of people. Like, yeah. Oh, that, that let's okay. We yeah, dude, that is not that is such a common thing. That is mm-hmm. not abnormal at all. Like, I think that's a pro like, and then not understanding what you're doing when you are messing. And I, I would say, I would, I would counter if you're spinning, if you're a spinning fisherman and you buy an SLX and you pop that thing open, how in the, that's like a transformer's <laughs> brain that you're looking at is it's alien. The first time you open it, how in the world are you without watching a video, right? Or having someone explain or it reading to you, the booklet that comes with us, which none like, of us okay, do. Yeah, page nine, like how in yeah. the world are you supposed to? That's that is legitimately tricky. Like, let's not pretend like that's an easy or like and intuitive thing to pick out. Like, it's not. Even well, once you get point, a knob is a knob is like yeah. hey, uh, two, uh, ten, right? Yeah, what even the once, part? well, even once you get new at it, and like you're like, okay, the brakes are in there. Then like people are always questioning which way is on, which way is off. I always forget what these. Is it this way? <laughs> I will say way? for the for the longest time, I wasn't a Daiwa fan slowly turning around, turning the corner and becoming more of a Daiwa fan. They actually have <laughs> on and off. Don't Markings. they? They do. Well, Somewhat. Mine's, mine's a knob. There's just a number knob. Yeah. Really? A TWS. Yeah. So, so spin the knob. Jeff hates it because it's raised pretty high and uh, he has big hands. And so he actually said that he was turning his. Yeah. Some people... As he was casting. Some people do yeah, say that, yeah, a, so the a, knob a, is here where you grab it. Yeah, okay, so no, it wasn't, wasn't a dog. Yeah. Some people hit this. kind of reel it was, but it, it has a, yeah, does the little thing flip up or does it flip down? Is it the ones where you push the little tab up are easy enough to know what's on, what's off, but that is confusing. I don't know. Last year, I think I sent Debo a text, and I was like, hey, man, uh... Does the little plastic bit stick up or does it stick down to have the brakes actually turned on? We had this problem where when they get a little older, uh, they look like they're on. And you push them towards the on or the off and you have to like push them and then then they click and you're like, oh, my God, I thought all these were off or on and they're not like they look like they were because they're just kind of loose. And they hang down like they're either on or off. And like I honestly had no idea. I was like, you, you've you got to be kidding me. Like, you really had to, like, get, like, almost a screwdriver to push them in. I was so surprised. Like, some of them just get like that over time, too. And, yeah, you can look like a real idiot because you're like, everything's on. And I'm just, you know, I'm birds nesting into oblivion, like, every time. Well, it's because they weren't. They were all off. <laughs> it's like, for me, I have gremlins that live in my truck or my car, and they always loosen the drag on me every single time I go fishing. <laughs> Or it's Debo, one of the two. I don't know. Oh my god, dude! I had a uh, so I'll tell this one story. Then we need to do. I saw the number of people that are on the show, so we're gonna do a little giveaway here. Um, and I think we'll, we'll we're already at like an hour. Um, I had the funniest bird's nest of my life. The worst one I've ever had. 
and it was a total. I have no clue how it happened. I need to go watch the footage. I had the handle and the reel in my like in my lap, and I was I had the gu- the guides were frozen because it's it was uh, like 15 mile per, mile per hour winds and it was eight degrees in the morning when we left. So I had the frozen guide, and I was like. I was trying to break the guy, like, like use my, my knot, uh, my leader knot to like break the last guide. So I was like whipping it. And all of a sudden I looked down and there's a bird's nest like building up inside. And I, was, and I slapped the reel to try and stop it. No, <laughs> I was no, it just go up too up. late. Like, no. It was like blooming in my lap. I was like, no, um, I can't. And it was horrific. It took me, it took me like 10 minutes to, to get to the third layer of blow up. And then this is the craziest part. I was midway through getting it like all undone. And that's when I got a bite because I was dragging a blade bait. And all of a sudden, like my rod, and like, no. then I lose that fish. Always a sign you were going, you weren't, you were going too fast. You got to slow down if that happens. That's what I said on the camera. I was like, well, I guess I'm fishing too fast. I need to leave it on the ground for five minutes. Then I can move. And it just jiggle it like day. I'm getting out of a bird nest. Yeah. Well, let me just see if this works. Um, yeah. It was horrific. I cannot wait to watch the footage of that. I'm going to try and I've been running 120 frames on my camera so I can do slow-mo. And this is like, oh. this will finally, it'll finally pay off because I'm going to have this slow-mo of this thing. Just... <laughs> it was horrible. All right. So we're going to do the mid-show segment here. Uh, we usually talk about like a crazy comment that we get or something nuts. And we just had Nicholas Hubert hook us up with a $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. He says, F7, F7 Salmon, that's Chaz for those of you who don't know. A drink on me, awesome producer. I will tip my cap to producer Chaz, who is always working hard in the background. Thank you, brother. Um, and uh, also, thank you, Nicholas. Uh, so, oh, we got the nerd banner up on Devo right now? That's awesome. <laughs> he can't see it. He doesn't know what it says. I can't see it. I don't know what it says. I'm going to trust that the banner is legit I... and it's up there. I can see it because my TV is behind my computer oh, right now. Okay. That I'm what does looking it at. say? It says "Nerd of the Nerd of the Podcast." It's, it's like a little banner. Nerd of the day. Of <laughs> you know, I think we wear that one proudly. I think that's like a badge of honor, hundred percent. It um, really is. So I will. I'll go through this question, and while we do, I'm going to say everyone that's in the chat, um, everyone that's here right now is going to be eligible for a giveaway. I'm going to build you a box of lures, and I'm going to send it to you. So it's going to be. I promise you it'll be legit. There will be at least Don't $100. Don't strip any screws. We, wait, what was that? You said you were going to build a box. I said, don't strip any screws. You talked about that earlier. I will not do that. I will leave I will leave all the screws in there. No, I'm going to build you a box of lures, uh, and I will send it to you. So, Chaz, at the end of this question, we're going to roll the giveaway. So, if you want to be entered, just, just start chatting in the chat. Type anything in. You can already see people starting to type chat. So let's do that. This is because we went over 125 viewers. So thanks, guys, for telling your friends to get on here. Thanks, Debo, for telling your folks to jump on over. We appreciate it. And while we're doing that, so I I made a video. I had the SLXA as well, uh, Debo, and I made a video of me spooling it up because I just felt like that was, you know, something I was doing. I made a video on it. I tend to use, I just go, I want. I wanted to do my version of it, which is just go straight braid onto the spool. And then I use the electrical tape. Um, which I think is a nice little cheat code for those who like to go only braid. So I make the video. I got so much, so many people being like, you are an absolute moron. What is wrong with you? Just use mono. Or they were like, just use the holes that are in the spool. Or they were like, that like, does not work with had... braid. I, so I was, you, you want to know like... what happens when you get to the end of a spool on a hard cast with braid? That baby is cutting. 
See ya. Generally, yeah, generally those holes are sharp. A hundred percent. I have just just cinching down the knot on those holes with braid. I have snapped off fifty pound braid like it's nothing. Just cinching down my arbor knot. So, man, I got ripped up though. I got shredded. So my my question for you is: while we're waiting for everyone to do their chatting, is how do you typically spool? I think you're a mono backer guy. If I've Always. if I got my memory, so why do you use the mono backer? We'll 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 lay that one up there. And then what knot do you use to attach your braid? That's my next question. Yeah, I am always a mono backing cheap. It's like the Omniflex was one thing. I had I had like a thousand yard roll of like cat, big cat or something like stupid that I found like I don't even remember what it was. It was like fifteen pound or twelve pound. Like I don't even know the brand. I couldn't even tell you the brand. But it was like a thousand, twelve hundred that I had like forever. But now I just like I got a bunch of the Omniflex stuff that was, you know, at Walmart. And some people say that's good line. They love it. That's fine. I've not had good luck with it. I would never use it for main line. But um, as backing, uh, what not do I use on the reel or for my? So yeah. Well, well, when you so when you you use how, well, first of all, how much mono do you typically put on? Like, let's say you had a hundred fifty size, you know, ish reel, whatever. Um, would you put like half of the spool as mono, or would you put like ten yards on as mono? It depends. So like a pitching reel, I would say I probably put 70 yards on it. Like if I'm just going to use it as like my pitching and flipping, like just to be sure that on, yeah, like just to be sure that on a decently long cast, like a decent cast, not super long, but like just a decent one, I'm not ever going to get to that knot. And really, I don't even want my thumb to be touching that knot. I want it like just barely under the line, because if you're getting to the point where your thumb starts hitting that knot, it's not comfortable. Yes. <clears throat> but so what like, knot are you using to attach the mono to the braid? Um, I would use a uni to uni, the double uni knot. Uni to uni. Just a quick, answer. it's the quickest one. Yeah, I don't think you need the strength of all the other ones. Um, yeah. yeah, and I use, I so I used to use the arbor knot tying the line to the reel. Uh-huh. But I've gone back to the improved clinch. That one's never ever failed me, and I actually have had an arbor knot slip before. So. Are you serious? Yeah, and it's probably my fault. I probably cut it too close. Uh, but I have never ever 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 had an improved clinch fail on on the back if it gets to fi- it. You shouldn't finally be had to someone it, but... admit how good the improved clinch knot is for something that's almost not important for fishing. On a reel, yes, <laughs> on a reel. Now on a lure, I think only idiots use that knot. There it is. <laughs> Idiot. So let me let me get this right. <clears throat> You're saying that you use how much as a backing on your only reel? for short for short stuff. Only, only for like a pitching thing. Only if it's like I'm using like my dedicated like a dedicated pitching setup. I'd put like 60, 70 yards on. So it's only got like maybe 40 yards of but so like on any other one, what would you use for a backing? So like a like frog for... rod, what's your your backing? See, for a frog rod, I like I only do like a couple turns, like hardly okay. anything just enough mono to barely but on like a regular casting setup like if i'm going to be casting a spinner bait or a lipless or something where i'm you know going to be getting long casts i'll maybe only do like 10 20 yards i just don't want a chance you, you kind of have to know your reel and how, like how long you normally cast because you know you can put easily if it's like 100 150 size that has like 120 yards of like 12 pound mono I mean, you can easily put 40, 50 yards on, and for the most part, you're not even going to get down to that, even on a long cast. And you don't, want, under, depends, but... you don't want to underload it either. So you don't want to put yes. on like 20 yards of mono and then 
75 yards of braid and it's so and i guess it's mm-hmm. only half full like you and don't want to that that's just it's just me because i don't i don't know really like i know the purpose of the backing is to make sure that the braid doesn't slip on the spool itself there was a day that debo's reel did that and oh, it's the I, I came through like a hero and wearing a cape and gave him a different reel to use but anyway move on from that well a good <laughs> go ahead what i was saying, a good analogy is like if you get a line of fluorocarbon that's 200 yards if yeah. you have like a, a regular reel right just a regular like let's say you can do 120 yards of of 12 pound yeah um you can fill up one and then you don't have enough to fill up another one oftentimes right if you have 200 yeah. yards if you use like 40 yards 50 yards of mono on there you can fill two three reels with the fluorocarbon so it's kind of a money saver too depending 100%. on what you're using it for even if you're not it's a money saver i, th- I think it's a it's a money saving situation no matter what you can make a 150 yard spool or a 300 yard spool go three times as far if you use a yep. mono backer that's not a i think that's that's the, at least double for sure yeah. at least double but for that's me, just with braid though right you wouldn't i would you could why well, don't I'm see why you, fluorocarbon yeah so what would you you so you're saying that you put a backer on for anything other than I would only put a backer on if I'm putting braid on a line or on a reel. No. So if I like if I get a new thing of Invisex, which is like what 200 yards, I don't even yeah, have one by me. Let's say 200 yards. So then I would put what? I said my mind is blown right now. I need to like lay down or something. But this is so, okay. this is what this comment go, go ahead me talk, let, let me grab this. This, this is what so this is what got me about the comment because some people just like to use the full braid because that's all they have. You have a thousand yard spool of twenty pound and that's all you ever use. So I wanted to like show people like, hey, here's a trick if this is how you do it. Right. A lot of guys will use the mono and whatever increment they want for the way they fish, and that makes sense because you're saving a ton of money. Mo- the cost of cheap mono, you can go to get field and stream mono for Nothing. ten bucks, right? Yeah. For like five hundred yards. And that would that would back like six spools, and then you could just add another. You could use half the amount of braid and still fish the same way. Um, so I get that. So I'm gonna make that video for those people. But they were, dude, I was getting shredded. They were like, "You're an idiot. You're doing this and that. Why don't you use the hole?" I'm like, "Well, the hole's gonna snap that line eventually in the back yeah. for sure. Or there's at least a risk. So like, why do it if right? you could just use the tape?" And then, you know, I was, I'm like, but I'm like, I get it. Like it mono is like the most efficient way. I personally don't love the idea of the mono in a lot of situations. Cause I fish the river a lot. And if I have a setup where like half the reel is mono and the rest of it's braid, <clears throat> sometimes you get snagged in the river in a kayak and you get dragged out and all of a sudden you got a hundred yards. You just have to cut. I mean, I don't like it, but like it happens and you have to cut and all of a sudden maybe that's one of my two or three setups. And now I'm hitting that knot every single time because I've lost half my braid. So I tend not to do that. And I also am blessed. And I just happen to have a crap load of braid that I don't have to pay for. So I have like, I have a bunch of 1600 yard spools laying around. So it's not as big of a deal for me. So like, I'm fortunate, but in that case, I mean, that that's a scenario that I find myself, my, I found myself in a bunch of times. Yeah. For the longest time, I didn't even know what the purpose of a backer was. I would just take my reel in to the local bait store that I used to go to all the time. And they'd, you know, throw some on there and they're like, you yeah. want backer on this? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah obviously. Totally. I'd need that. Thanks chief. Why wouldn't I <laughs> want that on there? <laughs> all 
All right, Debo, what do you got? Okay. So it used to be, I don't know what the prices are now. I haven't been over there forever, but so you could get a 500 yard thing of OmniFlex was like five bucks, right? The five bucks for this, this was the old Seagar Red label that you used to be able to get for 10 bucks. So $15, let's say you get this, it's 200 yards of 15 pound. So if you were to spool up straight with this, you're probably going to be, I don't know, maybe just over 100 yards, I would say. It's going to be really close right? So you could do one, maybe two, depending on the size of the reel. If you have 150 size reel, it's going to be even more than that. So you can only get one out of this, right? Stay 150, With, 150 size reel. And you just wasted 25% of the spool. Yeah, right. You wasted 25 to 40% of the spool. So if I use this and put on, you know, 40, 50 yards and then top it with this over the top of it, I can spool up two or three reels with this one thing aligned versus just doing one if I put it straight on and I just froze there. Look at that. Oh, How about I got that you. for the Oh, you are froze. Oh, but we can hear yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, I'll uh, I'll disconnect and come back in. You can get oh, it does I, it. It's the I camera. just ran out to the Walmart website real quick. You get 150 <laughs> yeah. yards of OmniFlex. Uh-huh. Even 50 pound uh test for $2.42. Shut up. 150 Dude, yards. That's that's good, dude. That's that's legit. And I mean, that would yeah. be <laughs> Debo's back. That would right. be like again. It that is a that's a money saver, and that yeah. makes sense. I do. And so I told everyone in the comments, I was like, "You're 100 percent right. Mono backers are a great way. I will make that video for you next, just to like level set that. The, and there's other ways to do this too. Like, there but, on, are, but like on the frog rod, like it's that's a great point because on a frog rod, I like I literally only put enough to tie my knot and like twice or like. Two two turn and that is it. It's not it's not a money saving thing. It is mm -hmm. because I have spooled like the old Revo X and my LFS. I've spooled both of those with sixty five pound line casting a heavier frog. But and you're gonna you're going to get through. You're gonna cast far. Like that's your objective. That's what I mean. Frog. I've spooled I've spooled them out. I, but I mean yeah. like when I cast with a frog, Bye. I've got all the way down to the spool on a small bait caster like that. Yeah, down to the backing. Down to the backing. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, to me, all like, again, I thought it was funny that a lot of people were like, I got, I got kind of shredded. And I was like, uh, I mean, I'll, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, they're not wrong. Those people are right. There's another way to do it. But I was like, there's actually like three or four ways that you could do this. Um, there's other knots people you love can to use. Be, people love to be internet experts at fishing. Like, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, you put something on the internet, like prepare insane. to get shredded. Like you're, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> you can be like, it's crazy. Like people, you guys <laughs> are all really cool. They know like, it's not, idiot. Here. What's wrong yeah, with you? Not your Get name, out of dummy. here. Go home. <laughs> Wait, there's mean people on the internet. But yeah, shockingly enough, I surprisingly. Um, all right, so we hit that one. Let's do. Can we do the giveaway? Charles, can we roll roll the giveaway? Tell us who the winner is. Ripped lip. We got ripped lip. Ripped lip. Rip you torn? should see, <laughs> Mister Torn. If you don't know Rip Torn, you've not seen Men in Black, and you don't know what you're talking about. Um, let's go ahead, Ripped Lip. Go ahead and chat inside the chat. Just say, hey, cool. I won. Look at me. I'm the best. Everyone else here is a loser. Whatever you want to say, just say something in the chat so we know you're here. And then follow the instructions on the screen, okay? That's going to get you taken care of. And Bass Daddy, 499 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. He says, 
cheers. This is for Chaz's second appearance tonight. Uh, you didn't realize the, uh, he says, you didn't realize all the work Debo and Dizzle make for you. Yeah, man, you have no idea. And uh, we put it on him. We make Chaz uh, earn his keep of $0.00 and zero cents a night. So, um, you know, that's, that's how it is for producer, the wizard of Chaz. Um, all right. So we don't have a lot of time left. We pro okay, good. There he is. Ripped lip. Uh, you got it, buddy. So follow the instructions on the screen. If you've got questions, let us know. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to blast through the, cause we're already at, we're over, we're over an hour. I'm going to blast through the last couple of questions. And then I will try and also blast through the slow rolling thunder, uh, which I still want to get to. I just love the slow rolling thunder. It's so great. Um, that was old, me blasting. Old, <laughs> old versus new or old slash used versus new. What are your opinions on buying a used baitcaster? I feel like this never almost never comes up in discussion. Everyone is buying new every single time. I have I could count on two fingers the number of times someone's been like, "Oh, well, I just bought a used one." And this to me is like like uh, drills. You can go buy a brand new Milwaukee for like 500 bucks. Good for you. You're rich. You could go buy an old Milwaukee for like $100 that has 10 hours on it or less. And it's going to last you the rest of your life. Like, I feel like this is the perfect scenario. I've gotten, I bought a new DeWalt and I got made fun of by my contractor uh, cousin. And he was like, you're an idiot. There's something wrong with you. Just go buy used from now on. Don't be stupid. Chainsaw, same thing. I will never buy a new chainsaw in my life. Any chainsaw you go to buy on Craigslist has 14 minutes of time on it, like almost guaranteed. What do you think about baitcasters being in the same conversation? So does it count as used if I just take them from Debo? I think so. The price is yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get them um, real cheap when you just steal them from me. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I, I have no problem with almost with buying almost anything used. There's a few things I would never buy used, uh, like a toothbrush. Obviously, you don't want to buy those used, but basically <laughs> anything else, I, I'm perfectly fine with. <laughs> and it and it helps even more. Um, I see somebody in chat just uh, brought up American Legacy. Um, Debo's spoken highly from them and he showed me a reel that he's got from them and it literally looks brand new out of the box. And for me personally, people are going to hate me for this. I don't necessarily take good care of things. Sure. This goes back to the whole screw uh, topic. <laughs> I'm not gentle with my belongings. So, you know, I, I toss them around and things like that and they get scuffs and they get scratches and, and, and all of that. So th that part of it doesn't ever bother me either. I, I'm really happy with all the people who are like American Legacy. Bought my used LFS for fifty bucks. Got an SLX MGL seventy used, no marks on it. Black Dog makes a good comment, a good point though. You're not always saving like half. Sometimes you're only saving like 10, 30, 40 bucks, like 10, 15 percent. So that's a really good point. Sometimes you won't save as much, but if you're thrifty, I feel like you could get 25, 30 percent off pretty easily. I don't think that that's a stretch. I think. $200 real, yeah, someone's probably going to want 150 But I still think that that's a deal. So I don't, you know, you might have to do some shopping, but. Yeah, what do you think, Debo? No, that's exactly what I was going to say is like, for me, it comes to two things is condition and finding those diamonds in the rough. So like, mm. I, I was going to bring up American Legacy. I've bought from them, but everything's been in great or excellent condition. And I wait for when they have the extra sale on used stuff. 
because they'll do like they'll do sales of like 15% off and then like an extra 15 on top of that if you like spend 100 bucks. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, of course I'm buying you. I'm buying it a couple away. Yeah. It's like you're losing yeah. money. So do that. And then the other thing is like, watch out. So I was looking forever for one of the old Corrado E's, the, big, the mean greens. Yep. Had one, sold it for like 45 bucks. Didn't know what I had. Long story. But anyway, I was looking on eBay. eBay, they're selling for like 300 bucks. So I'm looking at, I'm like, God, like, I don't want to spend that much, but yeah. I really want one again. So I started looking on um, Facebook Marketplace and a lady's husband passed away. We were talking back and forth on, because she had a whole bunch of reels. She's like, I don't really know. She's like, I'd give you this one for like 50 bucks. I'm like, look, I'm like, that thing is in great condition. I'm like, you've got a couple of them. How about I give you this? Because they're probably worth a little bit more than that. She's yeah. Like, oh, really? You know? Um, but I also had a guy with an Aldebaran that was, I mean, that's like a $300 Shimano sold yeah. it for like 150 bucks, you know, like, you know, less than half. He's yep. just like, no, I hated it. He's like, no, I know it's expensive, but I just want to get rid of it. And I'm like, he wanted something in a hurry. That's like a big thing for people is they want to sell stuff in a hurry. So they'll just get money for it, you know? So oh, hundred percent. And I, I mean, we're saying yes, the, the used marketplace, it's a pain in the rear. It can be, um, yeah. you, time, yes. dude, I can't tell you there are some people I'm, I'm generally a nice guy. I have gone to the point where like I was selling a PlayStation at one point and dude was like, all oh, pumped about it. And he was like, yeah, we're going to meet here and I'll buy it. And I was like, I just want to make sure you saw the price. This is, and we're talking cash. And he's like, yeah, not a problem. Good to go. I was like, rad. It's been like two days. It's already sold. I drive 30, 40 minutes out to meet this guy. I'm sitting in the middle of a parking lot, counting seagulls, never shows up. I sat there for like a half hour texting. Like, he's like, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, he's getting off work. He's lazy. I don't care. Whatever. I'll see you in a half hour. I'll just listen to my podcast. I'll see you. In, you know, no, never shows up. That guy firing squad. I'm sorry. But like that makes me rage. Like I get so I mean, it'd be, if he just was like not coming, I'd be like, OK, cool. Like, you don't want it. That's fine. But yeah, yeah. I'm in the parking lot waiting and he's telling me he's going to be there when and he has not he has no intention of showing up. So, like, yeah, you got to deal with like people on the Internet. Not a great situation like that would that I totally understand, like not wanting to deal with that. But that's hey, why I like American Legacy or places like that will, that like, will sell you and grade it for you. Of Like, here's exactly. what's wrong with it. Here's five pictures of it. Not like one half picture of like this on Facebook Marketplace. And they're like, oh, yeah, great conditions. Like, well, I can see one tenth of that reel. So I doubt it. <laughs> Well, I mean, they've and they've done the hard work for you. They did it. They took that okay. part out and said, we'll do all the BS. Uh, you get what you get. You're welcome. Um, so I, I totally agree. So that's a great that's a really good call. Um, let's get to let's get right to the nitty gritty. OK, um, favorite reel at some of those different point, price points that we talked about. So we talked about, mm. first of all, the I'll say the the one hundred dollars right around give or give or take 10, 15 bucks at the hundred dollar mark. What is your fate? And you can only pick one. So we're going to make you make a selection. It's going to not be simple, not be fun. It's going to be challenging. The first couple hundred bucks. What's your favorite? What is your favorite? Not real? 20 questions and scenarios. No, not like, well, if it was this, no, no, no. Just what gotta if pick I, one, what period. kind of lake am I fishing yep. on with the barometric pressure being less than 32? <laughs> Depends on how many drinks no. I've had. That's my favorite. Nah, eh, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. LFS for you. Lose LFS. I'll go. Lose LFS. $99 holes. Over the SLX. Being that magnetic bricks, man. I I think that that it's easier to tune in 
with just the regular SLX brakes, it's a great reel, don't get me wrong, but I think on a windy day or that little gust comes up, you can still backlash pretty easy with it. 100%. Done um, it many times. <laughs> cool. Randy, do you have a do you have a do you have a I'm, do you have an I'm thinking, opinion? you know, honestly, I don't I don't have the reels like Devo does. But sure. I think I'm going with the lose. Oh, baloney. You've got I'm probably I'm probably going with the lose also. I get I got random. I get random texts from him. Oh, stopped at the bait shop again. Got the brand new. You've got the brand new thirteen rod that I don't even have that I haven't even seen. Oh Ooh, no! This, oh, oh, doing this. Where's the video? Where's the video? Uh, Unbox it. I oh, like it. I picked will... up picked up a couple new dials. You know this one? Oh, this is pretty cool. It's got a cover on it. But yeah, yeah my buddy doesn't have a bunch of them. <laughs> I yeah. will. I will say SLX just for the folks, because I feel like those are the two that would be in contention. And I think they're both great. I don't think you can go wrong. I do think it's preference, um, but that's a great call out on the external adjustment. I think that's totally fair. It used to be, it used to be this one, but I don't know what the hell Dia was doing at the ninety nine dollar price point. Like Fuego used to be there. Fuego. I think it's like a hundred and yeah, I think it's like hundred and thirty yeah. bucks now. You know, and I, like, I don't know that they can get around some of that, though. I mean, I don't... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, a lot of them did go up, but... Yeah, still, like, but like the SLX, they sell enough of them. They don't, I don't think it's a problem. And I would I would argue the LFS, you probably fixed it with their new $300 Super Spool Ultralight Slim deal. Well, it's, <laughs> like, it's probably it's probably like the, here, the first, the first uh, shot of this drug is free on me. To get you hooked, there's probably zero profit margin on them for them. Oh, none. Yeah. But it's once once you get that SLX in your hand, you're like, oh man, I'd really MGL. like to try Corrado. Yeah. Corrado, and then, DC. Yeah, they've got you hooked, right? So it's yeah. totally so fair. Is, look at prices. Yeah. So oh, sure. just kind it's of side related point to this topic is it does it sound bad of me to say that I probably wouldn't I would wait and push back my purchase a little bit longer till I have a little bit more money to kind of stay away from that $100 reel. To do point. what? What would you get? Because to me, it's like um, the XT, like right after that. Yeah, I don't I don't know necessarily what. I would yeah. probably save up. Fancy like, Nancy, I don't, have, oh, I don't yeah. have all the reels like Debo, but this is the guy that's saying, oh, I wouldn't touch a $100 reel now. I'm not, I'm not saying it's just that the $100 well, reel though. for me. That's a good question. The way that I fish, because I'm totally different, probably the 99% of the people out there, I don't really use my thumb a whole lot when I fish. Baitcasters, I'm just, I chuck it and let let Jesus take the wheel. And what happens, happens the majority of the time. Hopefully I got my brakes set correctly. So let me ask you but, this. This yeah, is true. He ahead. definitely does. Well, no, I'm just you, saying. What would you get? Like, so what would you hold out for, I guess, is my <laughs> question. Because like. We're talking because my next price range, right? Based on what we were talking about earlier, the next price range would be like the 175, 180, somewhere in there. So is that what you're talking about? Like save another 50 bucks? Or are you saying 10, 15? Because like really, I don't think once you get, even at 125, I'd still probably take the lose LFS or the SLX at that point, probably. Honestly, I'm, I don't really know that there's much more that's slightly more expensive that's worth it, except for maybe the XT. And that's arguable. I'm probably saving up. The... I'm probably saving up to the two hundred dollar range to get a Corrado. So that's a huge. That's double, man. Like, yeah. Let's, no, I that's, mean, that's that's a lot I, of pop bottles. That's a lot of. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of dude. That's that's money. I would make it a rain, went, baby. You just went right above. Just you just went right above all but like three of my reels. I'll just put it that way. 
Not that yeah. I'm not that I'm the judge or anything. Like I've specifically stayed on there, but like I, that's more expensive than almost everything I own. I, w- I personally, for me, I would rather deal with with a rod that doesn't that I have to deal with some hiccups with. Sure. Maybe I don't like the way that the grips are, or the bearings are going bad, or something about it isn't ideal. I would rather deal with that for an extra half a season, maybe even a full season. Oh yeah, to save for up most that extra people, money. A whole other, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, oh yeah, a hundred percent. The majority of the time, I wasn't getting a new combo every single spring. But now I get one every week, you know. Yeah. Yeah, tw- twice a week actually. <laughs> it's just Wednesdays. <laughs> yes. I, okay, so then let me ask you this. So you're just the sub 200. Let's do that. Like anything like sub 200, right? Mm. Um, what would you, what do you guys think is like one? And this is probably the hardest question. I recognize that. Like we're all going to be wrong. There's no right answer. But what do you think is probably one of your favorites at the sub 200 uh, price point? Does, is 199.99 sub 200? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I like the SLX DC. I okay. made fun of Debo when he wow. first got hit. It's just because it sounded like a transformer and uh, EDM. Mary, yeah. he ripped on but... he ripped on me so much when I first got that reel. You and need that favorite. much help casting. You know, oh, it sounds like there's a transformer <laughs> you know, you know the, puking over you know there. The funniest part of it was so Debo what? got the right-handed retrieve, and he's like, okay. "Try this, try this reel, try this, blah blah blah." It's the, it's the DC, whatever. He had a chatterbait tied on. He'd yep. been fishing it, you know, for a good amount of time. Yep. Second, second cast, like cast, I catch a fish on it. He's like, oh, I haven't even caught a fish on that thing yet. <laughs> that actually happened to Jeff. He like handed it over, <laughs> and I caught a fish on it like immediately. <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh, sorry, Debo. Love you, buddy. Okay, oh, good oh. answer. D- like paying up for the DC, I like it, and that's over like a Corrado or an MGL. Yeah, they're they're kind of right there in the same kind of ballpark, aren't they? As far as price ranges, they're concerned. all about 200, 190, yeah. 200, somewhere in there. Um, I I have enough Corrados right now, so <laughs> no, it sounded terrible. All right, uh, Debo, what do you Debo? What are your what are your thoughts at like the sub two hundred? Because you got like the Revo that's down there. Um, you got uh the Max XTS, I guess. You got the Zada. That's all the Abu stuff. You got the the ones I just mentioned from Shimano. Um, you've got the Luz. There's quite there's the tournament MP, right? There's quite a few that are um just sniffing the 200 mark. What are your thoughts? BB1 is 199. Yeah, so man, there's so many good. I mean, like there's so much. If your budget's 200 bucks for a real, like you've got Corrado, which is a timeless. Wow, like it's been a the Corrado name has been around for so long because it's good. Like yep. one of the smoothest reels. It's it's awesome at that price point. The Tattoo La One Fifty. Thank you. The die was. Um, is how much? Let me see. One used to be one sixty for the TWS. For for which one is it? The one fifty size. One fifty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's a great that's a great deal. I was just that's looking my real favorite. Quick. My personal favorite. The that's my personal favorite. Yeah, I think it's, it's just even such a, 170 maybe. 179, yeah, I just looked. 179. There you go. But I mean it's again, aluminum uh, handle side plate. It's 150 so you can throw pretty much anything on it. Gr- awesome frog and reel. Hell yeah. And like I said, you're getting up into Yeah, I don't know about the new ones, but it used to be like 300 bucks for a lose, you know, before you found an aluminum. 
handle sure. side plate. So eight, and they they come in a, yeah, you get good options on speed to retrieve. Yeah, it just kind of comes down to to fit, finish, feel. I will say a sleeper is the um, the SLX MGL, awesome reel. I think it's like yeah. one forty. I want to say. I mean, I'm off on prices. Well, they got they all went up this year about ten percent, like ten fifteen bucks. Almost every everything that's above yeah, one fifty went up about ten fifteen bucks. Yeah. Yeah, the MGL yeah, so XT, MGL. I think the even XT, I think is one thirty now. It was one fifteen. It used to be. Um, I mm. think it's one thirty now. Uh, still, I think is a great deal. Um, I really want to try though uh, the Art Gravity. Uh, they have the five and the seven. Mm. I I'll be honest I with you right now, dude. Every single thing I've messed with from Arc, be it baits, uh, I have not fished with any of the rods, but I've I've held them and I've messed around with them. And my dude, the quality that comes out of that brand is like very, very good. And like, yeah, I get nervous going to a baitcaster and they only have three models. So I'm like, I don't know. It could be absolutely dark, dark. But like everything I've grabbed that 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 has the ARC brand on it, top quality. Like their baits have some of the best finish of like any bait out there. Like the best. Yeah, I've had like the highs and highs and the lows of lows with them. So it's yeah. kind of funny. Like Which ones? For, which, what's on the lows? So the ARC... Well, the Arc Sniper rod used to be like one of my top favorite rods. Loved oh. it. Loved the heck out of it. Um, then they discontinued it. And I got the new like Lancer Pros back when yeah. all these, like they were coming out. And it was a tip issue. I told the story a long time ago, but the tips on them were, if you look at a rod tip, so there's the round part here and there's the piece that hangs in back. They had wrong tips on them. They were like, they were put together wrong. So if you had like a, a fish on or anything over like a tiny bit of rod bend, the line was rubbing on that tip and oh. like little tiny curls off. Like you'd be like shredding cheese, like oh my God. things of it. Like and it was spraying on my line. Yeah. Like, yes. And then I was getting line breaking all the time. Well, I flipped it over and looked cause I thought I'd maybe broke the, like the ceramic insert. Yeah. But it was that metal piece on the back. So I called them, went back and forth. I don't know how many times. And they basically said, we're not going to replace the rods. Like we knew about the issue, but we'll send you three tips. No. That you can replace. Yeah. Oh, and I'm no. Like, yeah. It was the worst. Like, but they did and, offer to send me a free shirt with it too. And I'm like, no, I don't want a free shirt. Like what the hell are you talking about? You're out of your mind. And then, you're out of yeah, your mind. So, so that was, like, uh, that's, like your, that's like your Fluger story. Yeah. Very close. Yes. Very oh, close. Man. Brutal. When you, when you got those tips, what happened after that? So then I tried the lighter thing to like melt it and take it off. And I burnt the tip. The tip was on fire and it like, (laughs) so I just, yeah, I sawed it like two inches below it and put it on and it worked. It was fine. Oh, but I had to get the Fuji tips. I did have to get the Fuji tips with the adjustable tips Yes, because the tips they sent me were like the little tiny micro tips and I'd cut down like two or three inches off and it wasn't fitted. So I had to get like the little pack of Fuji ones and it was fine after that. But but I still, I think I saw that. I I, want to say he did. Video of it, and he's Dude, like, "That's hilarious!" Trying to light it with the lighter, and it just starts it combusts on fire. And I want to say he's like, "Uh oh," or something along <laughs> those lines. Oh just- god! I well, I've seen that. I I'll never forget. I've watched Jeff snap a rod like on video, and I've I've probably rewatched that a thousand times. It just exploded in his hands. Speaking of which, Jeff's dad is in chat. He says, uh, Paul Chas, Jeff and I are watching, wondering what is going on. And then uh, aggressively average anglers, Jeff goes, uh, oh, no, my dad is in chat. (laughs) (laughs) So 
uh, just dad um, give him a backhand for me and make it stiff. Uh, just go ahead and, and lay it on him for me. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, Debo, this looks like he's made, Debo. Did you did you find it? Here's, here's what happens when you do shoddy shoddy rod tip repair. Oh, this oh, tip that is, is like tiny. This long. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and it was all three of them. All three that I bought had bad tips. That's brutal. And then to replace them. Yeah, so I did like, this was one that I successfully did it on, but yeah. Wow. All right. One. Well, there you go. Never buy an arc rod. I'm not going to say that. I still, I'm going to try that. I'm not going to say that. I want to try that. I really want to try that Gravity 5. I think at $178, that's got me, that's got my interest peaked. The arc catalyzer, I said I would never buy another arc rod again after that. I bought the catalyzer as like a $35 budget rod. Yeah. Top two or three favorite budget rod. So. With there the Aerodex catalyzer, go. I will. I Monocellus. challenge you though. I do challenge you. Grab, <laughs> grab an arc, grab an arc lure sometime, and then grab any any other bait and just hold them next to each other. You can't tell me the fit and finish on that on that rod, like the blower, the one nineteen or seventeen or whatever it is. I think it's got one of the best paint jobs of a top water bait that I've seen in a very long time. Like coming out of the factory, just super nice. And then the hooks are always premium. So I don't know, just my opinion. Um, Nicholas Hubert coming in with a $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. He says the SLX and upgraded bearings, speed spool and handle go max is worth it. Um, I will tell you, I will probably be able to answer that very specific question in like the next couple of weeks. So this, this, this kit right here is the full tune kit for the SLX. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it on the A after I fish it for a couple of weeks. And, uh, we may or may not have some go maxis parts on the way. Um, and we will, I will tell you what I think. Um, I have my own opinion, but I'm going to reserve it until I actually get it on there and mess around with it. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, the full, and this full tube kit, I'm really excited to see how it goes. I've not been able to use like the higher end one before. So I'm just, I'm interested. They made some, they make some bold claims about how good it is. And I'm interested to see if it's as good as advertised. So I don't know. Debo, have you used the full tune, like the nicer one, the nicer version of theirs? The nice. What do you mean? The full. You know they have like different levels of quality as far as like the the speed spool kits. Um, and they have like the entry level like thirty five dollar one, and then as you go up, they have either more or higher quality bearings. Um, have you tried I've, the the higher end ones? I have. Yes, very good. Um, I love spool speed. I love Scott over there. I'm not sponsored by anything. They don't yeah. pay me or anything like that. But um, Scott, I met at the Bassmaster Classic. That's been like 2016, I think. One of yeah. the first and only time I've went. Um, and he was one of the few that like took time to talk to me and super, super awesome experience. So we've stayed in touch ever since then, but, um, yes, they make a difference. They don't, don't pick them up thinking like, that's actually what I have in here, thinking that you're going to get like 50 extra casting yards. But the biggest thing I notice is ease of casting. I think that's the biggest benefit over anything is like, if you have to really whip hard to get that distance or like you're flipping and pitching is like kind of shoddy. Like adding those bearings, the smoothness that that adds, like you can just barely let it go. And like that startup inertia is nothing. Yeah. And it helps with wire lures as well. But as far as distance, you will get a little bit of distance, but it's not like, my gosh, I casted 50 yards extra. So Distance, I, yeah, I almost don't care about. I'm not saying I don't care, but for me, ease of casting is the biggest thing because I will find myself just being the, the fisherman that I am. I'm, I'm operating in the bottom half of that rod uh action like weight range probably 50 mm. percent of the time that's just who i am and how i fish and i find myself there way more often than not so when i find a heavy stick that can throw like a 316 sounds like i did with that tournament concept that okuma um it's a pleasure it's just amazing it loads like it doesn't even seem possible 
um, and then when you throw the Hakai on there, you can cast anything on that combo. Like, it's unbelievable. And then uh, messing around with a free rig, like, I'm finesse fishing a free rig with a big hook, finesse fishing it, like, 3 16 ounce, like, easily flipping that around. So much fun. And a combo, like, no other combo you could do that with. So I would agree that for me, I, I personally, that's what I look for when we talk about, like, smoothness. It's that, like, can it handle? That's why I like the Hakai, because I feel like, the light spool with the way that it's constructed and the lightness of it, I can handle this huge range of weight that like most other reels, I just can't. So I'm a bit, I'm, I don't know. I'm a fan. Um, all right. 200 plus, or, uh, we'll go, we'll go straight to the high end. 300 plus favorite. Zillion, die was zillion. Hands down. Die was only done. Easy. Deep. Uh, Dizzle, I've, what no, you got? I, I, so to contradict myself from what I said earlier, <laughs> I don't I don't have any of that range. Um, I've I've used Debo Zillion before, but okay. what do you I think? don't think I do. Oh, it's, you it's pick nice. up an elite. Elite's over two hundred now, isn't it? Or three hundred? Or no? No. 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 Um, I just got the Tula Pigeon Flip. Mm. That was like two fifty to sixty something like that. Dang, that's um, a lot for a. Pretty, I don't know. Do you use it only for pitching and flipping? You're planning on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! It's on, I don't do nearly enough of that to justify that purchase. I, I put it. I put it on my my meta rod, and I use that for jig fishing only. So sounds sounds this pretty. Um, awesome. I will say that the obviously it's a pitch and flip reel. Uh, yeah, spool is small. Like yeah, yeah. You shallow. I want to try that. I want to try that Omnia pitch and flip. I've always been so curious about messing with the button version and like the fat shallow spool. I wanted to mess with that thing since I've heard about it. I don't want to buy one. I really have zero desire to buy one, but I want to play with it. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've bird's nest down all the way to the bear spool. It probably twice, doesn't take much. Twice now. <laughs> and I've, I just got it this year. So Yeesh. I love it. All right. I have no opinion whatsoever because I am unjustified. I have not used anything in that price range. I don't know that I ever will. And with that, uh, we'll go to the... Oh, go ahead. Charles. I'm not going to read it the way that he said it. <laughs> Tell Devo I SH blank T an ugly stick GX2 in a garage door and it survived. And it did actually. I <laughs> He shut it... He shut it in a garage. He like the it was laying inside the track. Shut the garage door on it, and it and it it's so soft that it survived. Dude, that's uh, the ugly stick. You saw the video of that dude a long time ago that was uh, holding up the what was like a chainsaw or something. That's right. Like, yeah. Talk about one of the best marketing like pictures and videos. I'm sure he sold a crap ton from that video. Oh yeah. What was the commercial they made? It was like <laughs> soft, so you don't have to be or something like that. Um, I forget what it was, but it was like two guys and they were just being told jerks to each other in the boat and it was like soft, so you don't have to be or whatever. It was hilarious. It's still making its way around the internet, that commercial. The ugly stick though, the iron the crazy thing about the the rod he's talking about, it wasn't it was an ultralight. It was their ultralight. I think it was oh, wow. five, six ultralights or six foot maybe. So we're talking about a toothpick that he ran over with a garage door and it's still alive. So that's pretty I'm doubly impressed, I'm not gonna lie. All right. Slow rolling thunder. We're going to blast through this. Like we said, we were going to do a half hour ago. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. 
what would you and this is realistically like all like ultimate realism we can't play like we're we're badasses or anything what would you do realistically if you took a fishing hook to the hand and you were by yourself pull it out how I've done it fires of the braid trick okay I've done both. that's so how do you do it by yourself with the pliers and like are you using your teeth like what are you how do you get pressure on the other side well, depends on where it's at. So the one that I did with the braid was here. So oh, hold it here and then. I see. With okay. pliers, though, pl- like the thing, the thing with pulling a hook out is it has to be slack and it has to be fast. Slack. Like, whether you, yeah. So like a lot of people will take. Should I do it? Should I just put a hook in my hand and yeah, and do it? Do it grab, go grab a five aught and. <laughs> <laughs> would it be would it be demonetized if I did? I'll do it. Do we, I'll, I don't I'll care. First hit. of all, I don't want you to do it. Second of all, I don't really care about monetization. So hold on though. So, so you, let's demo without jabbing yourself. How about that? I'm interested. I mean, I probably as the host of the show, I feel like an idiot. I mean, he offered to stab himself. I feel like for the views, we should have made him do it. But I don't want to. I, I don't I'm want. Gonna... <laughs> you know what's going to happen? He's going to do it, and his family's going to be asleep. And he's gonna have to drive to the hospital to get it out. No, I'm not a, I'm not a bunch. Speaking speaking of, oh oh oh, oh geez, the old arc. I picked oh up one God. of the reels. I'm glad. Which one um, did you get? Is that the seven? The five. I got the mid. Can the mid you one. tell me tell me what your thoughts are at some point? Because I'm really I'm my interest was very much peaked, especially just looking at the construction. I saw a lot of things that you know had my interest peaked. Smooth, like right off, I'll say smooth. I was really smooth and quiet, but I've heard from a couple people it's a bear to get dialed in. And I went out oh. fishing with um, my buddy Chris. Yes. He lives here in Iowa. He's actually a better fishing buddy than Randy because he brought me donut holes. So I'm probably just going to replace Randy because he also likes that... Nebraska too. Oh, Randy fumes when I talk about, talk about cheating on him with other fishing friends. Um, this is hard to watch. <laughs> Even with the external adjustment, it's hard. It's a bear to get dialed. Yeah, he was he was having all kinds of backlash issues, and I've heard from other people too. So I'll well, be interested like the, to see. I don't like the sound of that at all. So what I'm talking about is like everybody when they get a hook in the hand or in, like finger anywhere, they always take it, and it's like a slow, dull like. Oh yeah, I'm you gotta try to get. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, so it's like any any sort of slack you can get it into any sort of pop yeah it's the same thing with the braid trick like slack line and you're you're swinging through it so it's not like like I'm the pop door it off. with it's... the tooth you can't yes, pull the tooth out slowly you got to throw the football with a slack yes. line and then it's yes. going yeah or with, 100%. The, or with the pliers it's boom, like okay everything you got and it's all right up. what are we looking there at we go. is this um oh lordy my lord oh it went through though so did you cut it okay so here's the deal um you did that not was, pull it out the other side listen i, I was out fishing i was out fishing on the bank of a river and i catch a small mouth and okay. it was a very small mouth bass it was very right. very tiny i go to I'm take it I, I go to take it out and then the next thing i know i'm like it does small mouth there's things. there's pain in my hand i have a lot yeah. of pain in my hand and all it right. didn't go all the way through Okay. And so there's a small mouth on the back treble hook and the front treble hook still in my hand. Ooh. And I'm standing on rocks, balancing I'm fishing rod and a backpack on. 
and there's water. And I'm like, well, I got pliers. I'm just going to try to yank it out. I try to yank it out like that. Swear, promos on everything. Like it kind of just goes black for just a quick second. The fish is gone. My rod and oh. reel is in the water. And now the hook is all the way through my hand. <laughs> so then I was just able to cut it off and back yeah. it out. So, okay. Wow. So you unwittingly went with option number three, which is push it all the way through, then cut it and go back out the other way. Wow. What a story. You blacked out and did it right. (laughs) Apparently, yes. I'll be honest. I heard a story on Meat Eater where a guy had both of his thumbs uh, in in treble hooks and he had to walk like six miles and he was like, hailing someone down like he was handcuffed because he had both of his thumbs in a treble. And I was like, bro, I probably, and I mean, I like to think that I'm, you know, a tough guy or whatever. I, I probably, if it was like deep in the meat of my hand, I'd probably just be like, you know what? I can't go home. I'd love to say, I would prefer to go home. Like if my dad was at my house, I would go home because we would do the, we would do the string trick. Like that's the one that I have the most faith in. And the one that I know that he could handle, but my wife couldn't do that. The Not only one I, but she couldn't do it. Did it? It works so easy. Even the pliers, like the only one I've ever seen, like where I couldn't hack it. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying I'm super tough or anything, but like most, yeah. most people are just, it's the, it's that hump to get over. Like yeah. I can't do it. I can't, once you do it, it's like, Oh, I didn't even feel I that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the one where I've seen one where the hook went through dude's thumb up through the thumb and up through the nail. Like, unless you had something to actually cut the barb off, like, that's one of the only times I'd be like, I gotta get like, I don't have My anything to cut this barb off. The nerves, there's some blood vessels mm-hmm. in the tips of your fingers. So I have a cut right here. You can barely see it now, but I've been super. And they just go. It just keeps going. I've been yeah. Pumping. It took 15 minutes of like the, I'm yeah. not exaggerating, like shaking till I could get it to stop bleeding enough to super glue it, and that was the only way I could get it, you know, to work. And I, this is day like three or four of super glue, but yeah, you hit the wrong blood vessel on the tip of one of your fingers, and that thing will. It's horror. I mean, like it's going not the, fun. The crazier thing, though, is at the same time, there's also not blood vessels in some parts of your thumb. I stuck a treble yeah. into my thumb, yeah. and Debo did the braid, uh, pull it uh-huh. out thing. There's actually, um, probably can't see it, but there's a stein, a beer stein up there. Yeah, I actually have the treble from the nice. the crankbait still tied onto the line up there in that thing. <laughs> That's cool. But, it's insane the amount of pressure that just hits you, like the relief of the pressure. Oh, because yeah. my my hand was just like I couldn't do anything other than just this. And Debo's like, count of three, here we go, one, one, bang, and just yanks it out. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'd be too ready. You'd have to go oh. to four, one, oh wait, <laughs> two, three. Hey, come on, four. Ah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Chaz is made of glass. You know the Mr. Glass? He is the real deal, Mr. Glass. He just walks around. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's great, but you got to deal with it every week. Like, you look, you, he looks at a pile of laundry sideways, broken shoulder. Like, it's constant. <laughs> um, all right. So, we got a lot of folks on. Let's do the giveaway. Uh, I think, every, well, should we, we'll let everyone chat for a minute. So, everybody start chatting. If you're new to the show, start chat. Uh, we'll give you a minute here. We'll do another question. Here we go. What gives you the worst road rage? Like what while driving makes you like see black, like you're going to drop your reel and poke uh, a treble through the other side of your thumb. Is it like being tailgated? Is it 
the slow lane left, you know, slow driver in the left lane that just like you can't get around. Is it like somebody cutting you off constantly? Because like sometimes you get cut off by the same person like five times on the same street. Or is it are you just like a cool as a cucumber behind the wheel and you never have an issue? I I have a it's kind of a cheat, but it's the exact same thing. It's uh well, it's two in one, I should say. Okay. It is tailgating yeah. to getting over. I get over to the other lane or whatever. They pass me and then they slow way down. Slow so down. then I have to oh. friggin pass them again. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing at the, the first? <laughs> this is coming from the guy that literally is scared to death of cruise control. Anytime we, anytime uh, I go places with him yeah. oh, and I follow him, he always has to tough guy me when he passes me to show me how much tougher his truck is than mine. Uh, and then the whole time see, going there, it's this. I'm see, like, you never, literally never use cruise control. Do you like, I don't, I don't want to use cruise control, especially because it's always like super early in the morning and it's just no like, sense. oh. Here's nothing. a here's a thirty minute you. drive can't with the backed. heat on. You can't be backed. There's no there's no salvation. I don't I'll fall put my asleep control nearly and take as a much. Nap as, there to the fishing spot yeah. as I drive. It's awesome. This, dude, on, this guy falls asleep so, so much. All right. Well, guys asleep at the wheel would be high on my list of people <laughs> that. Uh, That's me. Like a, <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any trigger? We got people saying Spotify ads. Texting and driving is one that ticks me off. I want. Like to get those people attention, be like, put your phone down. But you know, that's just me. I don't like that at all. I don't have, yeah, I don't have like a specific one, but it's like anybody driving unsafe, like where I see like, dude, do you understand? Like, there's kids in my truck right now. Oh yeah. So I don't have like that's a specific one, but yeah. yeah, just anybody like whether it's swerving and then you get up to them, yeah, they're on their phone doing this or like yeah, the, there was a guy the other day that was like, you know, those people that literally can't wait two seconds that they're cutting in and out of every yes. single one. Like literally almost, yeah, literally almost clipped like two people. And I was like, that just made me irate. When I Tailgaters see people, not usually so much like whatever, you're an idiot, but. I do get a little bit ragey in the Dizzle situation. That does get me, that gets the juices flowing, but it's usually not that bad. I'll just slow way down and let them go or I'll speed past them. And it's not a problem for me. It's the, um. When I see people driving unsafe, that does really get me. But I get it almost the worst when uh, they do that are on truckers. Like when I see a guy who's like working, like the dude's at work. He's seven hours into a 12-hour shift, essentially, right? And they got to deal with your BS because you're doing one of these in front of them or behind them. And like people will almost hit truckers like all the time. I drive a main highway corridor, I-94. Like all I, it's 20% of the traffic minimum is truckers. And you'll see it all the time. And dude, when they have to hit the brakes, just because you are not paying attention, I don't know why that makes me mad. It like doesn't affect me. I get pissed. I'm like, that guy's at work right now. He's trying to stay awake. He's white knuckle right now. They can't use their phones for the most part. Like if they're in a new rig, they got cameras for that. And they look for that stuff. Like you get fired for that. They like, I'm like, that guy's probably most of the time they're coming from Canada, like where we are. Like that guy does not want to deal with your BS should not have to deal with your BS. I don't know why that makes me so mad, but it really does when people do that around semis. Also, any mistake you make, you're probably dead. Yes, you're probably done. Like if you get run over by the real wear of a semi, adios, Paul Walker. See you in another life. Like it's over. Um, So I don't that sets me off. I get really upset about that. Um, Okay, Charles, let's do the giveaway. Who do we got? 
winner is this is the $25 gift card to Monster Bass. Nathan Johnson? Sounds like a bot name. <laughs> no, he's here all the time. He just commented. Uh rip lip stick families. I don't know what rip that means. The, the stick families. Oh, that's, so the... good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, I'm good. Now, a dog. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like it. Oh, come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Scott Vermonter, everybody. Okay, so now you know it's not right. He already said, let's go follow the instructions on the screen. I'm not even going to take the third question. We've held everyone long enough. Uh, Debo, Randizzle, where should people, where should people go and find your amazing content? Because you do make a lot of it. On the interwebs, look for Debo interwebs and you'll find me. Perfect. Yeah, look for, look for Debo on the interwebs and I show up <laughs> some of the times. <laughs> no, it's perfect guys. If you haven't already, uh, any video that we've made, Debo's made it before and made it better. Uh, he's got the Instagram going. He's got the lure, uh, the Debo's custom lure. So you can go find him there as well and buy some custom made baits, which I mean, I've got a couple. That's not bad I have, I have nothing left. So they're, but they're in the docket. They are coveted, and they. I'm. I. I have to assume that some will come out at some point again. Um, they so might be done. Go. It might be done. It. Come on, I love it. Please go look up uh, Debo's fishing. We have our next members only is going to be April 11th. We have punch fishing coming next week. We'll be talking probably like really high end, like mega bass, JDM, all the like. We might even get more nerdy next week we got no jeff again so thanks for that we get to get the we triple down on our nerdiness there may even be like no beards next week first time ever of like ever no beards on the show so buckle up it's gonna get weird uh, again thank you all for joining us please go uh like subscribe all that stuff check everybody out everywhere have a great night Charles. would you please do us a gigantic favor and take us out this year, make the commitment for a better financial future. One of the easiest steps to financial freedom is learning the different but proven approaches to reach those goals. Visit therad.com today. That's T-H-E-R-A-D.com to claim your free copy of the first chapter of New York Times bestselling book, Money Shackles. Author and president of the Alternative Investment Association, Dutch Mendenhall, shares his step-by-step -step process on how he built a massive real estate empire from scratch capture the American dream. Visit therad.com.